Hey guys, welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, first of all, welcome. But what you also need to know is that this podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to grow your fundamentals in bite-sized segments of time. Hence the name PT Snacks. We are going to be covering SCFE. This is just basically a slip displacement of the capital femoral epiphysis. We are talking about the hip today, y'all. And so basically, if you are taking a look at the hip joint, remember we have the head of the femur in the acetabulum of the pelvic region. This happens mainly in kids, pre-adolescence, adolescence, and that's because it mainly involves the growth plate. So this condition is way more common in males between the age of 10 to 16 years old. Females get this too, but it is more common in males with the average onset of like 11 years old. More common in African Americans and then also patients who have endocrine abnormalities, especially hypothyroidism as well as hyperthyroidism, panhypopituitarism, and growth hormone deficiency. There's also renal disorders and Down syndrome that have been associated with this. However, obesity is a significant risk factor, and then also acetabular retroversion and femoral retroversion, since it's thought to increase the mechanical shearing at the physis. Now, in this condition, the epiphysis stays in the acetabulum, and the metaphysis externally rotates with an anterior translation. This is important to remember, and we're looking at what this patient looks like, but basically the femoral epiphysis is abnormally displaced posteriorly and inferiorly relative to the femoral head and neck. Obviously, that doesn't sound very good, right? So definitely something that we want to be able to catch in these young kiddos. Now, the slippage usually happens through the hypertrophic zone of the physis, which is the weak spot. The physis is still kind of vertical at this age. It's like 160 degrees at birth to 125 degrees at skeletal maturity. So it does increase the shearing forces, but otherwise, this condition is mainly idiopathic. So how do we catch this? That's the big thing, right? Because this sounds awful. What it looks like it typically in these kids, um, it can look like limping and pain in the distal thigh or knee. And they might not even be able to bear weight, especially if it's an unstable slippage. Now, because we often see it as thigh or knee pain, a lot of times people go right to the knee. And this condition can be very commonly missed, but delays in findings increase the chance of femoral head osteonecrosis. So all things that we don't really want to. So I'm going to get on my soapbox for a sec. Always screen the joints above and below because then you would be able to catch, hey, maybe they have limited hip range motion, especially internal rotation. Remember, I just said that the metaphysis externally rotates with anterior translation, right? So they're going to be more in external rotation. And there's even a sign called the Dremen sign, which is obligatory external rotation when you are checking their passive hip range of motion and they go into external rotation with passive hip flexion to 90 degrees. So definitely things to consider. Now, in terms of PT, we're probably going to see them after a surgery because usually this requires, whether it's stable or unstable, surgical pinning um, with in-situ screw fixation for the slip. Some people will even just go ahead and do both sides depending on 
other factors that they might find. We're not going to cover that in today's episode, but I do want to cover some terms on imaging because one, it's an opportunity to learn and it's good discussion to have with physicians that you might be rounding with. So obviously we do want to look at imaging for this. Typically these patients are going to get x-rays, but you want to see both hips on an x-ray with an AP view and a frog leg lateral views for comparison side to side. So we're going to cover some terms that have to do with imaging. One is Klein's line that is used to detect this condition. The line is based, there's basically a line drawn along the superior board of the femoral neck. And in a normal hip, the line intersects the lateral part of the superior femoral epiphysis. So that's what you'd be looking for if you were not worried about the hip, right? There's also Trithoan sign where when Klein's line fails to intersect the epiphysis, we're looking for the um, slip capital femoral epiphysis, right? Now, there is a low sensitivity for diagnosing with this, and that's why we have other things to look at too, right, guys? So there is Southwick slip angle, which measures the degrees of epiphyseal displacement in relation to the diaphysis. This is more sensitive in detecting this condition, And then there's also an S sign, a line drawn along the inferior cortical outline of the femur in the frog leg lateral view, which extends from the proximal femoral head and neck junction to the proximal femoral physis. Now, if they have this condition, you're going to be finding things that are more, it's going to look more asymmetrical from side to side, right? We want to compare to the quote unquote normal side. If there's any sharp turns or any broken continuity, those are things that we don't really want to see, but would help us to zero in on this condition. Now with this S sign that I just mentioned, this used with Klein's line was found to have increased sensitivity and specificity. However, I think that it is always good to not throw your eggs in one basket and have multiple ways to diagnose so that you can feel more confident in your diagnosis, especially with something that is as big as this. Other things that you might see on imaging is ephyseolysis, which is widening or lucency of the growth plate, because this is an injury that has to do with the growth plate, right? Which could be an early sign, but you also might see blurring of the proximal femoral metaphysis since it's overlapping on the displaced epiphysis. And this is called the metaphyseal blanch sign of steel. These patients also might get an MRI um, where you might see some growth plate widening and edema in the metaphysis, but oftentimes you can already see things happening with radiography. Other things to rule out would be septic arthritis, osteomyelitis, leg calf perthes disease, developmental dysplasia of the hip, and traumatic injuries. But as I mentioned, because this condition is insidious, it usually doesn't line up with a trauma. Still good to keep in mind though. So by the end of this episode, you should have an understanding of what this is, the population who who gets this, and some things that maybe you can study with your radiography and have discussions with your physicians. So that's it for today, guys. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. And if there's any way I can help, please let me know. Um, I am not currently doing interviews right now. Thank you for those who have reached out. It's just this is a one-woman show, and interviews take quite a bit more time to um, edit because I am doing everything myself in case 
you noticed. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not an audio engineer. Um, but I really appreciate you guys wanting to get involved. And I, I love that this is reaching other people that I otherwise would never have come across. So thank you for that. In the future, I hope to hire someone on. But for right now, I just don't have the time to put in the quality that I really want it to be. Now, other news, if you need CEUs, like you're getting ready to renew your license or you're prepping for a specialty exam, MedBridge is offering listeners like 40% off their annual subscription fee. If you just use the promo code PTSnackspodcast, that pretty much gives you access to thousands of CEUs, live webinars, and even um, specialty prep courses like I used it for the OCS exam, but they've got some other ones on there too. So Guys, it's it's really good. I've used MedBridge quite a bit. Um, and if depending on if you're working with patients or need a home exercise program or not, they even have an option where you can have access to this, put together exercises for your patients, give them a link. They can follow along on an app or website. Um, really is some good stuff. So definitely check it out if you're interested. But other than that, that's all I have for you guys today. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. So until next time.